Hi, this is Tina Powell, host of In The Suite, where I sit down with top women leaders and some of the biggest names in the financial services and the wealth management industry. Together, we'll discover some of their best secrets and top strategies to grow great business, build a strong brand, and lead teams in the 21st century. I hope you'll enjoy hearing their amazing personal stories of triumph, trepidation, and transformation in hopes of becoming better leaders ourselves. The time for you to lead is now, and you're in the suite. Meet Heather Fortner, Chief Executive Officer at Signature FD, an award-winning multi-billion dollar integrated wealth management and advisory firm in Atlanta that helps clients transform their net worth into their net worthwhile. Signature FD is ranked on Inc. Magazine's Inc. 5000 America's Fastest Growing Companies and was named one of Atlanta's best and brightest companies to work for in 2021. As CEO, Heather leans into her passion for listening to the Signature FD team, their clients in the industry, to create and implement the organization's vision and mission to impact the lives of 10,000 families. Since joining the organization in 2003, Heather has served as Chief Compliance Officer, Chief Operating Officer, and President. With over 17 years of experience at Signature FD, Heather is a highly sought-after thought leader in the wealth management industry. She's been featured on Kitsis.com, Orion, TD Meritrade, Schwab, and Becoming Referrable with Julie Littlechild and Steve Wershing. In today's podcast, Heather generously shares with us life lessons and her philosophies, which will inspire you to be a better person. Without a doubt, her words of wisdom will leave an indelible mark on you. Signature FD is guided by what they call the six G's, greatness, growth, gratitude, grace, grit, and generosity. They even have their own podcast appropriately named Empower to Empower on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify, which covers the highlights women's have made in their way to leadership. Heather holds a Bachelor of Finance from Kennesaw State University, a Master of Science in Professional Counseling from Georgia State University, and is an Investment Advisor Certified Compliance Professional. Additionally, she is a graduate of the Schwab Executive Leadership Program and the G2 Leadership Institute. In fact, one of the many gifts you'll discover about Heather Fortner in this episode is her empathy. Heather attributes her success to her continuous work on community, network, and knowledge. She considers herself a forever learner and has proactively taken various training to invest in her career, mental, and emotional growth. An impeccable person who gives her heart and soul to everything she does, Heather proves that leadership is not about fancy titles, but rather it's about compassion, kindness, and empathy in the suite. Wow, Heather Fortner, take a seat in the suite. It is so, so great to see you today. I am so honored. What a thrill. How are you today? Tina, thank you for having me. It is actually, I don't think I've seen your face literally (laughs) physically for quite some time. It is so good to see you. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. I don't know if you remember the last time that we saw each other and it was at what I think this is 
This was the moment. It was TD Ameritrade National Link Conference. They had like something super jazzy for women as they normally do, right? I, I, I'm so, so going to miss that. And it was January 2020, which seems like a lifetime, it lifetime. It seems like a hundred years ago, doesn't it? Exactly. <laughs> you know, and there you were and you're sitting down and then I came up to you and we had the most like really cute, most awesome, awesome moment. I have to say, I am going to miss TD Ameritrade trade conferences and I'm going to miss our our conversations there. I agree. I agree. Those were fantastic times and I'm actually really excited. You know, we've seen all of our friends land in really great places and that's just really encouraging. If we didn't know then, right, what we know now, how everything would have been just so drastically different. But but to see your face today and to feel so good about everyone's kind of re-emerging into the world. I'm just so grateful for where we are. Yeah, I think grateful is a great, it, it's definitely how we're, how we're feeling right now. In October, 2020, I was doing the biggest happy dance for you. When you were named, news came out and it was awesome. Lights were going on all over the place. Heather Fortner, CEO now, Chief Executive Officer of Signature FD. What an unbelievable opportunity. Nobody deserved that more than you. you. And you are on a rocket ship for as long as I've known you, which has been many years right now. You've always had your eye towards the future. And, and here you are on this $4 billion. It's probably more than that right now, but the, my, la- my latest stats, you're based in Atlanta, Georgia. So for the, the few people who, who don't know you, kind of tell us, like, what was that moment like, Heather? Wow. Uh, what was that moment like? If you want to know, honestly, that moment was as probably as scary as they could. <laughs> um, you know, the, last year, 2020 was, a, I mean, an, an amazingly tough year for everybody, right? And, and I think that there's that moment where everything that you've ever done in your career kind of comes to this place where you sit down in the quiet and there's a global pandemic going and there's changes happening in your organization and you have no idea what the future looks like. And you've got your child at home, you've got a four-year-old running around your house and, and you've got your family and you sit down and you truly say, okay, can I do this? You know, can I really do this? And, and I think there's that moment where you really have to just get to the core of who you are because you recognize that nothing's easy and it's, it's only going to get harder from here. Are you ready to do this? And are you ready to do this in a way that you can be proud of not only, you know, organizationally, but independently as a human? Are you, are you, have you done the work? Are you ready to lead? Are you willing to do what it's going to take to make yourself the best leader that you can possibly be? And I think there's just, there was that real moment where, you know, I sat at my kitchen table with several of my closest people and just said, I actually think I'm the right person for this job. And to be able to say that out loud and for the people in that room to be like, yeah, you are. It was a defining moment and it lasted all of about three minutes, right? Because then it's time to get to work. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Then, Then you recognize that, 
okay, I've decided to do this. Okay. Now it gets real. We're Mm -hmm. going and, and there is work to be done and there's really no time to waste. So you get a cup of coffee and you put your hair in a bun and you get it done. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I can just picture it. I love the way that you've kind of articulated that, that, you know, saying it out loud, you have to really believe it. What would be your advice? What would you say to that woman? That's kind of like, I don't know. She's straddling both sides, right? Like some days, Heather, we wake up and we're like, that's it. I got it. I'm, I'm that person. I'm going to conquer the word. And the next day that you can just, I don't know, feel that pull you in the, in the other direction. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I I would say, first of all, this is totally normal. Like everything you're feeling is completely valid. And I would say most days I wake up and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, right? Like there's a lot of hard stuff that I have to do today. But I think in that moment, honestly, you know, my husband is, I mean, he's just my life partner and he is such a large part of not only my life, but my career because his partnership allows me to do what I do and sitting down with him and having that dialogue together of, look, this isn't really just me making this decision, right? This is us because this affects our family and it affects the help I'm going to need from you. And it's going to affect our daughter and it's going to affect everything, every decision that we make together are we ready to do this and i think i'm just very fortunate that that we have that type of partnership where it is not only a matter of me being able to say i, I think i think i can do this and i want to do this i know that i have a lot of things to learn and i know that it's going to require a choice that i make every single day to bring my best self to the table but for me, it was just incredibly important that he believed the same thing and that he supported because it does require, right? Like he's just as involved, if not more in, okay, well, we got teeth to brush and we got, you know, yeah, yeah. we got yeah. four-year-old outfits to pick out and we, and we got, you know, school to get to and, and we, got, we got to figure out what's for dinner tonight. And it's like, he's just as in there in the ring. And I think I think for the people who who sometimes doubt whether or not, you know, I don't know if I can do this. I, to me, it is a matter of the network, right? And it's a matter of support. And whether it's your spouse, whether it's your friends, or whether it's your family, or yeah. whether it's hired help, like there are always resources to be mm. able to be had to surround yourself. You just have to be willing to ask for help and admit that it's okay to have an entire village of people. I don't do anything by myself. I just don't. Like really the only thing I do by myself is sit and have my quiet time in the morning. And that and that's about it. Like everything else is done with a team and that team extends, you know, professionally, it extends to my family, it extends to home. And it's probably the best lesson that I've learned as a leader is to not expect of myself that I can do all of this by myself, because quite frankly, I just don't want to do it by myself. 
Mm, wow, that's so beautiful. And I remember your husband, you know, as you were explaining him, I remember being at Orion Fuse because you were also too a judge there. And I remember him coming up with a suburban and your daughter, who now she's four. I think she was, I think she was an It was nine months at yeah, the nine time, months, Tina. Right? And there he is. And then he's like driving up. And I was like, what? He was like walking around with the baby strapped on the front of him with her sunglasses on and I'm like this is how we do this is how we roll I'm over here judging a tech competition and dad's over here rolling around with the baby on the front like this is just us and it it's amazing to me and you know what I think what I love about it is what it teaches my daughter and what we have decided for our home that is so important for us as as we're raising a young daughter is that women absolutely have a place in the workforce and women absolutely have a place in leadership, but it is okay, right? For everyone in the home or everyone to say, I need help. I need help. I can't do this by myself. And I believe I'm a better parent because of it. I'm a better leader because of it. You know, the team that we have here at Signature FD, like they, they are so smart and have such amazing ideas and such such wisdom to impart into the decision-making and leadership process that we are a better firm because we are a team. Mm. And I think that that, you know, the grace, the ability to be able to extend that type of grace to myself and say, I don't have to do this alone. Like the expectation is never, and I, you know, Signature FD is built on that belief that we are better in community, we are better together than we are by ourselves. And so, you know, for me, it's just an extension of the belief of who we are as a firm that that just resonates and, and makes life possible for me. You've been at Signature FD now for 19 years. This is a kind of crazy question. What is the FD? I don't know if I'm the only person on earth that that has asked that question. You are not. Oh, you are not. And actually, um, I think it's a beautiful story. I think it's a beautiful story. So when we first went into business, our three founding partners actually came out of our affiliated accounting firm, which is named Frazier and Dieter. So we were called F&D Advisors. Mm. When we rebranded ourselves in 2007, it was very important to us that we paid homage and respect to our roots, which is FD, um, but that we also integrated our belief that it is about financial design and that, Mm. that there is this art to creating net worthwhile because it is this blend of all of your wealth, which is your time, your talent, and your treasures in alignment with your worth, which is the things that are worthwhile to you. And that looks different for every single human on the face of the planet. But what actually brings those two things together to fruition is a beautiful design. And so there's a technical component to that, but there's also an art to that. And, and so for us, it's, it's twofold. It is homage to our past and it is also a nod to our future and who we are. 
that is so beautiful. I'm looking also too at the homepage of your website, and I I was speaking to Crystal Cooper earlier to to help to make all of this happen today, and I'm really dazzled by your branding and by your ability to articulate these concepts online and give them meaning in in art form. One of the things that's really invigorating to me is seeing financial advisory firms start to ladder in the concepts around wellness and life and generosity and Signature FD has done a brilliant, brilliant job. Can you kind of explain some of those communities and how you started these philosophies? There's a lot of them. Again, we'll, we'll have a link to the show notes in our article so that you can go visit the website, but it's something that I'm so impressed to see how financial advisory particularly Signature FD, is bridging now concepts that revolve around life. Thank you. Thank you. I think that for us, it started many, many years ago with this this realization that we all had. When you're young and you start a business and, and you're just like you're just heads down, right? Like you are doing whatever has to be done to make the thing go. (laughs) And sometimes like, sometimes that's a lot and sometimes it's overwhelming, but there comes this point where there's just this realization that there's got to be more, right? There is more to life than working a hundred hours a week. And there is more to life than, than who am I, if you stripped all of this away and what is my purpose? And am I actually working because I enjoy what I'm doing and I'm passionate about what I'm doing and I feel like I'm achieving a goal here or am I just working to work because that's what somebody said I had to do and I had to do it to make some money to live. And I think that those two things are incredibly different. And I think what we've recognized over time, and I don't think it was a question that we necessarily set out to answer at the very beginning, but it was just this realization in our own lives as we kind of grew up and matured. But then also as we brought new people into the firm and watched them develop, that the place where people really thrive is when they, I call it the sweet spot of, it is the place where they're talents and their natural skill sets are married with the things that they're passionate about, right? And when you get into that spot and you're operating in that area, it doesn't feel like work. Like you would get up and you would do it anyway, because it's who you are and it's what drives you and it fulfills you beyond anything that you could have ever really crafted or created for yourself in the first place. And I think we just saw that start to come to fruition. And we start we started to see advisors that had done this for a very long time start to migrate and navigate. And, and their, the people that they served became more and more homogenous over time. And, and you saw this real belonging and this real community begin to establish because they were either passionate about women or they were passionate about entrepreneurs or they were passionate about executives or they were passionate about attorneys or they were passionate about physicians or professional athletes or whatever it you know their, their passion was that you really started to see 
our people come to life in being able to serve people within that started to just naturally see that some of those people knew each other in those communities and they enjoyed experiencing life together as a community because they were like-minded and they enjoyed similar things and they shared similar beliefs and, and, and they could walk in the room and be like, Oh, you, you, me too, me too. I get you. And I understand that. And so it was just this real natural evolution over time of, And I remember getting to a place where there was a decision to be made of, wow, do we lean into this? Like we think we see this and we think we're experiencing this ourselves. Do we, do we do this? Like, do we lean into this? And, and the answer was just yes. And then we acquired some amazing advisors. It was our first merger and acquisition at the end of 2012 and they had experienced the same thing. And so it was just kind of this confirmation of what we had been learning over time and what we had decided to lean into. And that was just kind of like, oh, we're all in, like we're, we're going all in. And I think the underlying belief there was again, a belief that I mentioned earlier, which was people want to belong, right? It is, it is one of Maslow's basic human needs of people to belong. And when you can help people find their people, (laughs) like it's an amazing, it's an amazing journey of helping other people get freed up to find the things that mean the most to them. And so that's really been for us, the journey of the marketing for me. I, I remember literally the meeting that we were in where we find it. I mean, we had been searching for years, right, for the concept or the name that would kind of bring all of that together for us. And I remember, boy, those were some of the most frustrating meetings when you couldn't ever get it. And you like, you could, it just wasn't right. And then sitting in that meeting where we were all like, that was, wow, that's it. Like, that is it. That encompasses everything that we believe that that wealth is just more than money because we had experienced that ourselves, right? And we had learned that over time that there's so much more. Money is just a tool. It's just a tool, just like your time, just like your talents, just like your treasures. But if all of those things can be in alignment to the things that matter most to you, net worthwhile. And it was like, oh, wow. Like we... This is it. This is amazing. You know, it's that that moment that everybody like dreams of, but you don't necessarily like actually think is going to happen. And it was just, it, it was probably one of the proudest moments that I've had. Mm. It's really exciting in an age where a lot of advisors are asking the question, how do I differentiate myself? And they can differentiate themselves by thinking exactly what what your practice did Heather, and that people from all different groups coming together and and forming community. I also was very intrigued by the, um, there was one quote, one philosophy also too, that was stated on the website that just hit me. And it, it was this quote, our approach is different than most because it doesn't start with who we are. It starts with who you are. And I was like, whoa, that is deep. <laughs> Heather, can I borrow that? 
And who cares who we are, right? I love it. I love it. And then you start to dig in a little deeper to the micro communities. You've got signature women, you've got signature health, you've got signature generosity. And I'm like, who does that? This is so (laughs) cool. Bravo to you. Thank you. It is, this is, this is not a me, this is an us. And this was an enormous amount of hard work on a lot of people's, a lot of people's time. And, and the work took years. If I could say anything to other advisors and other leaders, it is don't give up. Like if you know that there is something there and you feel it in your gut, you have to be willing to take that risk and you have to be willing to do the work and invest the dollars and invest the time and have the hard conversations to get to that place where you know, right? Like we know in our core, we are sitting in the right place. And that is the place from which innovation can come. And it is the place from which you can go out and you can grow authentically. I can talk about our business with such integrity because I believe every single word that we have written. And, and there's a difference, right? There is a difference in trying to grow a business that you don't feel good about and you don't believe in and you don't necessarily trust and you don't necessarily feel aligned to or congruent with. And I would say that if you're not feeling that, you need to get it because it will transform how you think about your business. It will transform the risks you take. It will transform the way you invest. And I will tell you, it will transform who and how you hire as well. As differentiation is not only for external, right? It is for internal as well. And I will tell you that this next generation of talent they want to know what you stand for and they want to know what your purpose is and they want to be aligned to whatever your mission is and your values are. And they want to believe in the place where they are and and what they are offering. And if you can't offer that to them, they will go elsewhere. I'm giving you the biggest emoji (laughs) clap right now on my Zoom, right? Because that is Absolutely. What we have been saying all along here, it doesn't matter what you know, it really matters who you are. It's table stakes right now in the industry. Everybody has access to great investments and great tech stacks and great people. However, I haven't really heard it articulated the way that you just did and how important it is for next gen talent not taking anything away from other people, but you've been classically and academically and formally trained to have conversations with people. You have a master's in professional counseling from Georgia State University on top of a bachelor's of finance. And that allows you, I think, to bridge some of these difficult conversations. Well, I think that that degree was by far the most valuable degree I ever got. (laughs) And I never knew it at the time. Like I never thought, oh, well, I mean, honestly, the, the reason that I got that degree was because I had been around, you know, I'd done financial planning for two years. I'd helped start a business for two years. I'd, I'd been doing, I'd been around finance for quite some time. 
And everything that I had seen was that, and, and what I had experienced in my own life was that there are real issues that come up in relationships when there are issues around money. Money is hard to talk about, whether you have it or whether you don't. It creates issues on both sides. And I believed at the time, which is why I remember going to uh, the founders of the firm and being like, I'm, I, I want to go get this degree and here's why. And they're like, hey, okay, like that, you, you've, you've made a compelling argument. But the, the goal there was, look, I believe the future of this industry is that the people who can help clients navigate those issues will win in the end because you it's you can design a plan technically with science a beautiful plan and if a client sabotages one piece of it because they don't know how to talk to their spouse about money or they never learned that their family had money and all of a sudden they get money and the plan blows out of proportion or they can't control their spending or they're not aligned to the plan. They just don't know how to tell you that or there's fear about money, lessons that they learned growing up that they cognitively cannot let go of, but you're unaware of what those are. That plan's out the door in 30 minutes and it makes no difference that you have done all of this work to create this technically beautiful plan. If you don't understand the behaviors of the clients that you're trying to help. And so, you know, that was really the, the belief and the vision behind getting that degree. But I will tell you, it is the most valuable training I have ever received in being able to build and navigate relationships. Hey, listeners, you can now text me at 201-581-3983 to join our text-based community in the suite. After you do that, we'll be lifting you up, inspiring you, and supercharging your life and career with awesome quotes, resources, videos, and tips we learn from our great guests. It couldn't be any easier. Just text JOIN to 201-581-3983. I look at your career, Heather, you've been now at Signature FD for almost two consecutive decades. <laughs> I can't believe I'm that old. <laughs> you don't look that old, Heather. You don't look that old at all, you know, but, but I think that your ongoing training and your ability to get that kind of ping and say, Hey, I need to take a course in that. I need to pay attention to that sometimes in leadership. And you've had all types of titles and C level positions at Signature. FD. And yet you didn't rest on your morals. You kept on being curious about where the industry was headed. And hey, let me grab on to some community, a network and some knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is really, really exciting. It's, it's admirable that you're able to stay somewhere for two decades consecutively through all of this change. If you would have told me I mean, 20 years ago that I would be sitting in the CEO seat, I would have laughed at you. I mean, I I literally would have, I would have laughed and just walked away and been like, that person's literally crazy. What I did recognize very early on about myself was I hate to be bored and I am actually my worst person. I'm a a bad human (laughs) when when I get bored because 
I need to operate at a pace that keeps me engaged in good things, right? And so very early on, I just recognized with the first two careers that I had that I loved the startup phase and I loved the phase where I was able to be super hands-on and continue learning. But at the point that I stopped learning, I got very bored and very restless very dissatisfied. And I became somebody, my attitude became something that I didn't like of myself. And so I just made this commitment early on. And I think this is one of the things that served me well when I got to Signature FD was there was nothing literally, and there still is nothing that is beneath me to do. I believe two things about that. One is that I must learn something new every single day. Like it is, it is critical to who I am. And it is, it is a quality that helps me continue to be my best self rather than to revert into bad behaviors that when I just don't like myself. And so that constant innovation, right? That constant, because I do believe if you're not growing, you're dying. And it's sometimes it's really hard because it can be exhausting, right? And you can be like, I'm just tired. I don't want to learn anything new. And sometimes in those moments, you're learning the best things about yourself and you're learning the hardest lessons that will carry you through if you can just stick with it, right? If you can just stay in there. But then I also believe that as a leader, I shouldn't, there's nothing that I should ever ask my team to do that I'm unwilling to do myself. Like leadership is a model, isn't it? It is, it is not me speaking words to people. It is me living my life a certain way and, and using actions and conducting myself in a certain way every single day that will inspire others to live differently and to rise up and to want to be different because they see that it's possible. And I'm just a huge believer that lots of people can say a lot of words, but if you actually stripped the words away and you judged people by their actions, like you would probably know everything that you needed to know about a person. Hmm. That's how I want to be. If someone was in the room, I would want to be known by my actions. And It's funny when you have a kid, and I'm sure every parent on here feels this way, but I didn't realize that so many life lessons are wrapped up in parenting. Like, I don't want my daughter to talk. I want her to be a person of action. I want my daughter, we have this saying every every day she leaves the house, there's three things that she has to do. She has to obey without delay. She has to share and she has to be kind. And it's like those three things they're pretty much at the core of, of what I expect of her and what I expect of myself. And it's like, if I'm modeling that for her through my own actions, then she will model it for others. And that is the way that, that I help add value to the community and teach her how to, to add value to the, her community as well. I love this and the share and the be kind. What what incredible lessons. I taught an executive leadership class at NYU and it was always about the action. The the titles mean very, very little. Leadership is is about influence and you've been influencing your team. 
you were acting as the CEO, and this is another idea that we discuss. You need to exhibit the characteristics and the behavior of the position before you actually become the position. Absolutely. And the reason why you become the position or awarded the position is because you've already acted and people already see you as that anyway. That's right. And and sometimes, sometimes you do those things and you don't necessarily end up with the recognition that you feel like you deserve. However, if you're doing those things from the motive of, I'm simply going to be the best human that I can be. It doesn't matter. Like, because you are being your best self. And I think that was, I remember years ago, there was this concept that just, it just came to me because it's so easy to get caught in this trap of comparison, right? And this person does this and this person has that and this person gets this and this person gets that. And it is, it's how I feel about social media, right? It can be so self-defeating if you are constantly sucked into this comparison game. And several years ago, I just realized I want to run my race. I don't want to run Tina's race. I don't want to run anybody else's race other than my own, but I want to be proud of the race that I run for myself. And it requires an emotional intelligence and a certain amount of grounding in self that you can be competitive and you can want to be the best. But when you're running your race, it is so much easier to celebrate the wins of everyone else and to be a good part of community, right? And not an an elbow, a sharp elbowed member of community who's jealous over other people's achievements or success because you are genuinely running your own race and they're running their race and you can both be victorious. And that alone, I think that that it just transformed my vision of how I approached friends, how I approached my network, how I approached my life, how I approached my own self-talk of what I believed was good or bad or a success or a failure, or it just transformed how I approached life. I think a lot of us as as women have been, I myself had sometimes years have had a very hard time staying in my lane. I'm a woman over 50 in this industry. One of the reasons why I started the podcast is because I wanted to see examples of other women who are over 40, over 50, mid and senior level career people really making it and really thriving it. And to build my own career, stay in my own lane. It's been hard when you don't have evidence, when you don't have like enough role models. I I love it the way that you've always supported me, Heather, and that you've supported other women and you've supported a whole a whole tribe of people. I saw that come out at Orion. I saw that come out at TD Ameritrade, at Signature FD. And I think a lot of women also too listening, we're trying to be more and more for each other. You've introduced a new podcast 
at Signature FD that I wanted to talk about. It is a really cool and catchy name, which I would expect that from you, Heather, and Signature <laughs> FD. That is, that <laughs> is Crystal marketing, marketing team. They're marketing amazing. Marketing team at Signature <laughs> FD. You're getting a big shout out. You're getting they a are amazing. Love from us in the suite today. Um, the podcast is Empower to Empower. And I think that this is exactly on point with what you're saying. It's really about the mission of signature women, right? right. Like, what is the mission? The, the, mm. the purpose is to help empower all women, regardless of the financial situation that you find yourself in. And, and quite honestly, it just goes right back to net worthwhile, which is your net worthwhile. It's my net worthwhile. Like, whatever that means to you, it is my job and my desire and my wish to help you achieve your net worthwhile. And personally, for me, I've just always realized that the things that I'm most proud of in my career are the times that I've been able to help someone else bridge a gap in their own development, whether it's their personal development, whether it's their professional development. Again, you know, you asked the question earlier of, how do I take the knowledge, the, the professional knowledge that I have and, and share it on? And I'm such a big believer that if I can help coach and if I can help mentor or if I can help come alongside of someone else and help them bridge a gap in their life or take a, a step forward in their life or to increase their professional development or their personal development or their emotional intelligence. Like I have an opportunity to have exponential influence because they will then go out and they will make a difference in their community right. and in their network and in the lives of other people. And at the end of the day, that is what matters to me. When I die and leave this earth, like what matters to me is that people felt loved and, and that they felt like they had someone who gave a damn about who they are as a human and truly felt like someone uh, was willing to spend some time and invest in their lives and, and being able to share that, that skill set. Like I view it as this toolbox that I have been so fortunate. Some of us have the little like standard toolboxes that you buy at Home Depot that, that come prepackaged and they're like little bitty and they're zipped and, and you know some of us carry those. Like I have this massive red rolling toolbox in my garage that has all these drawers and all these crazy tools and some of them are just because I've been professionally trained. And if I can lend my tools and I can show someone, oh my God, there's this tool you never even heard of. And there's this skill or there is this, this thought process or there is this framework or, or there is this way to communicate, right? Like all of these types of tools and I can share that tool and I can give examples and I can help coach people on how to learn to use those tools in their own lives. That's how that knowledge gets passed on. And that is how I believe that you start to make the difference and, and really show women who probably have a lot of reasons not to be very trusting of other women, right? Because it's, it's the tough and you see it from a very early age that it can be different. There's hope that it can be different. And sometimes it, it doesn't necessarily work out that way and, and it hurts, but I think you run your own race and you move on and you continue to be your best self. And eventually you look back and you're like, wow, I had no idea what this was going to end up being, but this is amazing. And so for the women, 
from leaders and not everybody has had the formal training that you that you did. As you were talking, there were a couple of things that I was thinking. And so for the person that's needing help right now, that's in an organization and the, specifically the people that you've helped, was that because you as a leader noticed that they needed help or was that because they came to you for help? Sometimes it's both. I think highly emotionally intelligent leaders who are observant, right? And have created the space in their own schedule and in their own life to watch and look and observe, they will notice it. And they will probably align resources for help well before an individual notices it themselves. But that does require space and it requires an intentionality and it requires an ability to quiet the noise of your day-to-day because the higher you move in an organization, I do believe the more demands are put on your time and your schedule and, and, and it gets really hard. And if you're not intentional about that, you, you won't necessarily notice the smaller things that could point out the bigger issues. Yeah, right. Your point to have that to be observant there. You had mentioned this this toolbox and I'm getting the visual on this, this big rolling toolbox. <laughs> Don't I look like somebody that would have a massive garage? I love it. I, love it. I just love that visual there. The See, big- I've got my cup of coffee and I got my hair in a bun and I got yeah. a old nasty t-shirt on and I'm rolling that toolbox across exactly. the garage. <laughs> there she is with her own reality show. But seriously, what's in the toolbox? What's in the emotional intelligence toolbox as leaders that we need to be doing a better job on? Oh, I think uh, if I if I had to open, um, you know, the the emotional intelligence drawers, there are several. <laughs> Let me say that <laughs> there, there's not one right now. <laughs> there are multiple of those drawers, but I would say probably the ones that I use the most. One is the ability to differentiate my own emotions from what's actually happening in the room. So identifying when you are yourself triggered mm-hmm. and and understanding potentially what triggered them and being able to compartmentalize your own emotions and dealing with your own stuff versus what's actually happening in the room and what needs to be dealt with. That is a skill. Right. And, and a lot of us haven't necessarily done the, the work to know what triggers us, what makes us angry, what makes us feel sad, what makes us feel defensive, what makes us feel all of those things that then inhibit us from being able to have quality discussions around the issue that's really on the table. I think the ability to be curious, right? So many times we don't allow ourselves or the other person space enough to truly communicate what they're thinking or or what they mean. And so being curious, if you're trying to communicate something to me and I really don't know what you're saying, and I'm not picking it up and you keep laying it down and we start getting frustrated with each other because you, you want me to understand what you're saying and you're not feeling heard because I don't understand what you're saying. And I'm getting frustrated with the fact that I can't understand what you're saying. 
there is this ability to ask better questions and it takes time. Like that is a hard building a repertoire, quality questions to actually ferret out. What is the real issue here? Like, what are we actually talking about? What actually needs to be solved? That repertoire of questions and that ability to be curious is incredibly critical. I mean, it is incredibly critical. I think Brene Brown has done such an amazing job. The empathy, the ability, not sympathy, right? Not pity. Right. Not the ability to to be condescending to people, but the ability to actually get on the same side of the table and hear someone else's feelings and allow there to be a space for those feelings to be valid, even if you don't agree with them. Like that is true empathy. And to just say, you know what, I see you and and I hear you. And I'm just going to let that sit for a minute. Like that is uncomfortable stuff. And it is hard, hard stuff because the majority of us, we don't want to be wrong. And we don't want We don't want space. We just want to keep moving past the hard and do the easy things. But I have found in my career that the most progress that we've ever made has been in our willingness to sit in the hard and do the hard together as a team. And then if you can do that and you can get to the other side of that hard as a true team, Man, I'm going to tell you what, there is nothing quite like a healthy team that feels like it can conquer everything together. Like that is powerful from a leadership perspective. You know, sometimes, Tina, there are conversations that I know have to be had, but I actually don't have them for a couple of days because I understand myself well enough to know that I have to get my own emotions under control and in check mm-hmm. before I walk into that conversation. And it's not for my sake. It's, it's for the sake of the other individual, right? Because I know that my emotions actually don't even really matter in the equation. They matter to me and they matter to me in the sense that I need to work through them and I need to process them. But to the situation and to the resolution of that issue, my emotions probably don't really matter a whole lot. And so there are times, right, as a leader that I have to, the my ability to address critical issues quickly is completely related to my skill to be able to process my own emotions quickly, to know myself well enough, to roll through it, to identify it, to understand it, to compartmentalize it, to say, I need to deal with that later, or you know what, I'm going to give myself 24 hours to deal with that, or I need to seek wisdom or counsel. I have two separate external coaches to the organization, having that network, allowing myself the ability to be authentic and transparent with myself so that I can be the best leader that I need to be for my team and my people. It's critically important. Well, Heather, certainly learned a lot from the power of your example. Again, if if anybody deserves being CEO of Signature FD, it's it's not only the work that you've done on yourself, but it's in, been growing 
the other people, growing your team throughout the organization. Gosh, they're so, so fortunate and lucky to work with someone like you. you. I wish, I wish that I had someone like you early in my career. Well, I know that there's lots of people here that are going to want to connect with you. What's the best way for people to contact you? Not that we want to take you away from everything else that you're doing. Yeah, just my email. Email is probably best for me. Okay, great. I'll put a link link to the email. I also want to say that I also wanted to put a link to your your CityWire REA April 2021 issue, which just came out a few months ago. I thought that was really a great piece. It celebrated you, puts you right on the front. Some really great, great takeaways from that. I was really happy to see that, Heather. Congratulations on that. That's that That was big. Thank you. I appreciate that. And so one of the questions that we're, we're asking, we're asking a lot of questions this year, but it is about favorite book recommendations right now. A lot of people have had a chance to do more reading. A lot of people are using audio, audio podcasts as well too, and wanted to know what would be a really, really good book recommendation from Heather Fortner. I have to imagine that the answer is going to be awesome. <laughs> So I'll tell you what I did in 2020, and then I'll tell you kind of what I'm doing now. So I'm a huge believer. My faith is incredibly important to me. And and I recognized in 2020 that I had never read the Bible cover to cover. I'd just never done it. And so I got this Bible that is a journaling Bible, and it has on the side of every page and whatever. And, And in the process of the year, it's just really pretty pink Bible. I read through the Bible, but I wrote love notes to my daughter through the whole thing of here's the lessons that I've learned throughout the course of this year. Here's what's been happening. I thought it was just a very, it was a crazy year. I came into a leadership position. I mean, I was named president in May and CEO in October, and it's the middle of a pandemic. And there's national race relations issues and the markets tanking. And I just, I just needed to be grounded. And, and what I didn't want to miss was the opportunity to share the lessons that I was learning through the incredibly difficult hard with her. And so I just, through the course of 2020, wrote her this love note that I hope to give to her on her 16th birthday. Wow. What I found through that process was that there was incredible growth on my part in like one of the books I just got done reading is is called Double Blessing. And it's by one of my favorite authors. And I thought that I would literally just blow through the book because he's one of my favorite authors. And what I realized was that the concept, it's about the concept of generosity and generosity is a core value of Signature FD. And we have an initiative called Signature Generosity. And we do so many things out of generosity at Signature FD. But what I was so incredibly challenged on was as a leader, am I willing to put my actions where my words are as it relates to generosity within the corporate realm, specifically the corporate financial realm. And so there really started to be this period of introspection and growth and 
challenge for me of, can I say that, that I am a truly generous leader? I'm unwilling to push our organization to think corporately about generosity. And how do I do that from a financial stewardship perspective? And am I leading by example in my own personal financial world as well? And so it was just this moment of recognizing that how I choose to live my life personally, it influences how I choose to be a leader corporately. And that those two things, I was, I was very honored to be on a call recently with the former CEO of Medtronic, and he's now a, a professor at Harvard. And, and one of the things he said was just incredibly profound. It was, you need to be the same person everywhere. You don't need to be one person at home and one person at work and one person at the soccer field. People need to see you congruently everywhere that you are. And that really stuck with me as, okay, I want to read things that are going to challenge my beliefs about who I am as a human and who I am as a leader and how I'm bringing that authenticity and congruency together. Thank you so much. The best to you and everyone at Signature FD. It's been an honor today. Thank you. You're listening to In The Suite, a podcast that shares amazing stories of women in business in the financial services and the wealth management industry. Our producers are Tina Powell and Kevin Hershorn. Our editor-at-large is Kevin Hershorn. Our content writers are Dimple Rashandani, Sarah Smirker, and Tina Powell. Our research and technical assistant is Sarah Smirker. In The Suite podcast is sponsored by C-Suite Social Media, a high-performance marketing firm for REAs and fintech companies in the wealth management industry. You can visit C-Suite socialmedia.com to learn more. And thank you so much for listening and subscribing. We've got listeners in 795 cities and 44 countries. We are so, so grateful to you, especially for your five-star reviews. This podcast was inspired by you and created for you ladies. So please let us know how you enjoyed this episode with the amazing Heather Fortner and share your thoughts on LinkedIn and Twitter hashtag in the suite. You can connect with Heather on LinkedIn and visit signaturefd.com online and on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And always, if you would like to share the name of a rock star woman in financial services, we should interview for season three in 2000. 2022, please send it to me at Tina at in the Again, thank you so much for listening and subscribing to In the Suite.